All right, well, good morning, church. So glad that you're here this morning. You know, uh, growing up, there was a song that really is kind of an anthem for our time. Uh, it, it really kind of fits the time that we're, we're living in right now. It, it was a song that kind of went like this. Can't touch this. And, and there was actually a, a prophet sort of singer in pajama pants. His name was M.C. Hammer. You know who I'm talking about. It was this great hit. This one-hit wonder actually captured how you and I have been feeling over the last three, four weeks. Uh, I can't touch this. I mean, I'm sitting here uh, recording right now, and there's a bunch of empty seats. And what I long for uh, in, a, in a culture, in a time when I just can't touch this, uh, what I long for is to be able to touch you. Isn't it interesting that in a world where we can't touch this, what we desperately want is to touch. What we want is to be able to have that 90 seconds during service that Josh would give us so that we can hug one another and, and, and maybe touch elbows or hands or, or shake, shake each other's hands or, or give a warm embrace in a world where we just can't touch this. In a world where we feel untouchable, what we desperately want is someone to touch us. Church, we're in this series. Uh, you've been with us, hopefully, and it's called Amazed Again. And really, the whole idea behind this series is where uh, we, we decide, we make a decision to say that we are not going to approach God's Word. We're not going to approach God Himself. We're not going to experience God in a ho-hum kind of way. We make the decision right now to say, we're going to stand up at attention and be amazed at what God does. That as we open up God's Word and we see what God is up to, uh, as we recognize who God is and all that He does, uh, both then and now, uh, what He does then and, 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 and how He works in and through us, that we're going to stand at attention and we are just simply going to be amazed again. A couple of weeks ago, we stood in amazement at the power and authority of God's Word in our lives. Uh, last week, we, we came together and we sought to amaze Jesus by our faith. Uh, a faith that recognizes the power and authority of God's Word, that hears it and responds to it. And that humbly approaches Jesus as the authority over our lives. And this morning, we come and we're willing to stand amazed again at the response that Jesus has to those in the world who are untouchable. This morning, we find Jesus and He's early on in His ministry. 
He's actually uh, gained quite popularity. Jesus is like a rock star. He, uh, he begins teaching and preaching the good news and people can't get enough of it. Uh, actually, on one occasion, Jesus has so many people uh, that are pressing into Him that He has to get into a boat and He has to teach from there and He proclaims God's Word uh, from there. He pr- begins to preach and proclaim uh, the good news of the kingdom of God. But what's interesting about the story that we encounter as we prepare to be amazed this morning, what intrigues us is not so much Jesus' words. It's not so much what Jesus does with His words here. It is what Jesus does with His hands. This morning, as we get into this text, we're going to encounter an untouchable And I want you to see two sides to this story. I want you to see two perspectives. I want you to see two angles. And I want you to walk away amazed. So if you're with me, if you're ready to stand amazed at Jesus, at Jesus' response to the untouchables, I want you to open up your Bibles with me. Go ahead, get off the couch, grab your Bible. Uh, We're going to be in Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5 today. Go ahead and do that. Go to Luke chapter 5. Grab a phone. Grab that Bible. I'm going to give you a minute. Don't worry. I'm going to pretend like you're sitting here right in front of me. Go grab that Bible. Open up to Luke chapter 5. The first side of the story that we see this morning is that we are encouraged to identify with the untouchables. The first perspective that that I want you to see this morning is that we can align ourselves with those who are in isolation. The first angle that Luke gives us is that we come to associate ourselves with those who have to stand at a distance. Luke chapter 5 Verse 12, while Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and he begged him, Lord, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. I want you to understand something about leprosy. Leprosy in the ancient world, much like today, actually, it was a death sentence. It meant a slow, agonizing death. It didn't just mean death physically. It meant death in every other imaginable way, psychologically, socially. It meant that you didn't have your family anymore. It meant that there were no uh, soft kisses from your wife. It meant no more hugs from your children. It meant no more barbecues with your friends. You were actually set aside. You were an outcast. Uh, There was no more going to work. There was no more purpose in your life. It meant that you were actually taken outside of the community. You had to practice social distancing in the ancient world uh, unlike anything that we have had to experience. If you had leprosy, 
It was detrimental to your entire existence. It meant that not only did you not have a family or you didn't have community, it also meant that you couldn't worship. Uh, There was no sitting together and holding hands, uh, raising uh, praises to the Lord. No, you were outside of the camp. There was nothing for you. It meant that when people saw you, they grimaced. It, when, it meant that if you uh, peeked out from behind a tree or you tried to see your old friends again, uh, it, it meant that people kind of uh, hid their children's faces. It meant that, quite frankly, that you were untouchable. Actually, there were rules in the Old Testament to deal with people who had leprosy. If you go into the book of Leviticus in chapter 13 and verse 45, it gives rules for those who were leprous. Uh, They had to go about these rules. Listen to God's Word. Anyone with such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes. Let their hair be unkept. Cover the lower part of their face and cry out, Unclean! Unclean! As long as they have the disease, they remain unclean. They must live alone. They must live outside the camp. If you had leprosy, it was social distancing to its extreme. The only friends that you might have from now on would be the other untouchables. I found this word in a a book that I was looking at this week. I I thought it may begin to help us sum up what leprosy was like. Actually, it might actually give us some, um, some sense of the world that we live in now. It's a quote by a preacher, his name is Fred Craddock, and he says this, into every culture, sooner or later come diseases so mysterious and so threatening that they are met primarily with fear and ignorance. Having no explanation or treatment, religious, social, and political forces join in the demand that the diseased persons be removed from sight, isolated from all domestic, religious, and commercial contact. Does that sound familiar to anyone? I'm standing in an empty room preaching to a camera. Does that sound familiar to anyone? I wonder if the leper himself, the one who has come before Jesus, this untouchable person, the one that is covered from head to toe with leprosy. I wonder if this begins his journal. Five years. For five years, no one has touched me. Not my wife, not my child, not my friends. They saw me. They they may even try and speak to me. I sensed love in their voices. I saw concern in their eyes, but I didn't feel their touch. There was no touch. Not one time. What is common to you? I coveted. Handshakes, warm embraces, a tap on the shoulder to get my attention, a kiss on the lips. Oh, such moments were taken from my world. No one touched me. No one bumped into me. 
Oh, what I wouldn't have given to have been bumped into to be caught in a crowd where my shoulder could brush against another's. But for five years, five years it hasn't happened. How could it have? I was not allowed on the street. Even the rabbis kept their distance. I wasn't permitted in the synagogue. I wasn't welcome in my house. I was untouchable. Can you imagine... Here is this man, Luke, unlike Matthew, tells us that this leper was covered. He was covered in leprosy. There was no mistaking the disease that was was taking his entire physical body. Uh, This wasn't just a piece of dry skin that needed some lotion. Uh, This wasn't just a, a case of bad eczema. This wasn't psoriasis. This was leprosy. And Luke makes note that from head to toe, he was covered. It was all over him. Let me bring this to your living room. One of the places that you and I can go right now is the grocery store. And you walk into the grocery store. And as you walk in, there is a man. And he's got a t-shirt on. And it is clear. I have coronavirus. I have COVID-19. What are you doing in that moment? Oh, you're doing exactly what I would be doing too. I would be taking my children. I would be hiding them behind me. I would be taking my mask and my hand sanitizer. You see, this man is a disease as he walks through the door. And no one wants to touch him. No one wants to be near him. Six feet probably isn't enough for him. And he probably writes later in his journal, I repulsed those who saw me. Five years of leprosy left my hands gnarled. The tips of my fingers were missing, as were portions of my ear and my nose. At the sight of me, fathers grabbed their children, mothers covered their eyes, children pointed and they stared. The rags on my body couldn't hide my sores, nor could the wrap on my face hide the rage in my eyes. I didn't even try and hide it. How many nights had I shaken my crippled fists at the silent sky? Why did I deserve this? But there was never a reply. I grew so tired of it all, sleeping in the colony, smelling the stench, so tired of the the bell I was required to wear around my neck to warn people of my presence as if they needed it. One glance and the announcements began, unclean, unclean, unclean. And this man, this leper, with his leprosy covering him from head to toe, he decides, covered, he's desperate. He knows that he should not go anywhere near that supermarket. 
He knows that he shouldn't go anywhere near where there are crowds of people. And yet he's somehow heard of Jesus. Uh, Somehow it's Jesus that he's heard of. And he thinks, what do I have to lose? You see, sometimes when we're covered, we begin to be desperate. And he is desperate for a touch. And so he comes into the crowded area where Jesus was going to be found. And he, and he falls down before Jesus and He begs for mercy. Clean me. Clean me. And it's right on this side of the story. It's with this perspective. It's with this angle right here. That Luke wants us to push pause on the story. He wants us not just to skim past the leper and look more toward the time when Jesus does a miracle. That's not what's going on here. This side of the story beckons us, it begs us to identify with the untouchable. It asks us, ladies and gentlemen, it asks us, church, to identify with that leper. If there's anything that COVID-19 is teaching us, if there's anything that this coronavirus is teaching us as a church that God is is working on us. It is the fact that all of us are untouchables. All of us live in isolation without Jesus. Even Neil Diamond gets that. Neil, the one who, who popularized Sweet Caroline... Hands, touching hands, reaching out, touching me, touching you, changed his tune. When coronavirus came out, when COVID-19 became a thing, when social distancing became a reality, it was Neil who spoofed his own song to say, oh, it's no longer hands touching hands. No, it's hands washing hands. Don't touch me. I won't touch you. In a world where we feel untouchable, what we most need, church, is to be touched. And whether we are covered in a disease, or whether we are covered in sin, what we most need is to be able to be desperate enough to fall before the feet of Jesus and pray that He will touch us. No matter where we are and what we have done, we come to the place and we recognize before the God of the universe that we need the touch and the resurrection power of Jesus. We are the untouchables. We are the isolated. And we need to find ourselves desperate enough to long for the touch of Jesus. The first side that Luke shows us 
is that we are the leper. We are the unclean. We are the untouchable. And the other side? The other side, he shifts. Uh, The other perspective uh, doesn't align us with the one needing to be healed, but aligns us rather with the healer. The second angle that we get from Luke is, is not that we need to identify ourselves with the untouchable, but that we need to identify ourselves with the one who touches. Walk with me, would you, into verse 13. Jesus reached out His hand and touched Him. I'm going to read that again. Jesus reached out His hand and touched the man. Okay, okay, time out everybody. Did you remember He was covered in leprosy? He was covered in disease? He was the social outcast? He was the one who needed to keep a safe distance? And yet... Jesus, having all the power of the creation behind Him, He doesn't just heal Him. He doesn't fix the problem. He doesn't fix the disease. Oh, He'll do that, but but before He does, before He does the great miracle, He decides that He is going to touch the man. Before He heals, He touches. You see, He heals the man before He heals the problem. He heals the man before He heals the disease. Jesus is not so concerned with fixing the problem. He first wants to fix the person. In verse 13, Luke tells us, that Jesus touches him. By touching him, Jesus enters into that man's isolation. By touching him, Jesus says, I'm no longer going to offer relief at a distance. Jesus blows away any idea of social distancing so that he might touch the person. He heals the man before he heals his disease. And this, this, my friends, is where things get really sticky for us. This is where God disrupts our comfort. Because the context of this entire passage comes right after Jesus has told Peter a really important thing. Uh, Peter has just been told from Jesus, you, you Peter, you all, the other disciples and those fishermen that had been with Peter, you will now catch people. And I just wonder if there's a little bit of excitement coming from Peter. I am going to be with Jesus. I get to go catch people with Jesus. I get to be with His inner group. I can't wait. Uh, There's excitement. But I don't want you to miss the whiplash. I don't want you to miss the surprise. 
I don't want you to miss the shock. Can you imagine? Here is Peter. I get to be with Jesus. I get to go and hang out with Jesus. He is going to make me something great. He said, I'm going to be fishing for men from now on. It's going to be wonderful. Could Peter have possibly imagined? Could he have possibly imagined that the calling on his life, the ministry that Jesus was calling him into, was to touch the untouchable? The first thing that Luke records after calling Peter and his comrades, after calling these disciples, is that Jesus goes and he touches the untouchable. He breaks down every measure of social distancing. Could it be? Could it be that the way that the Bible is written? Could it be that in this context that God is saying to you and to me, to our church, that when the church touches the untouchable, the world will be amazed? That when the church in their community touches those who are untouchable, people will stand up in shock and amazement. Could it be that that God Himself is calling you and I to touch the unlikely, the isolated? Is He asking us? Is He begging us to touch the untouchable? Let me ask you a question. Who is it in your life that you don't want to touch? Where in your world is God asking you to touch someone who has been isolated from you? Uh, Let me take it up a notch. Are there people that you would rather fix their problems than touch their person. You see, Jesus heals the person before He heals the disease. Are, those, are there those in your world where you'd rather fix them than heal them? I wonder sometimes if when we see couples going through a, a really hard time, if we know of a, a marriage that's on the rocks, if if what we really want to do is just try and fix the problem without healing the people. We don't want to get too close. We, we don't want to get caught up in the mess of, uh, of maybe a, a marital disgruntledness. We don't necessarily want people uh, to see us with them because uh, maybe we're afraid that a, a divorce talk will rub off and, and we're afraid of, of getting dirty. And yet Jesus doesn't just fix the problem. He heals the person. And I wonder if Jesus isn't beckoning us into a ministry that says, if you're going to touch the untouchable, you have to be willing to walk in the messiness. I wonder for those of us who have known anybody who has ever had an addiction, maybe that's pornography, maybe that's alcohol, maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's some other addiction that I'm not even mentioning, but oftentimes with an addiction, our response to that is just stop. Don't do that thing anymore. We want to fix the problem. 
But maybe there's something beyond just skin deep that we need to see that Jesus recognizes in this leper. Perhaps there's something that you and I can do to go beyond what is skin deep where we begin to say, Jesus, with your power working in and through me, will you minister to these people? Will you help me touch the untouchable? Will you help me to associate, not just so that I can fix their problem, but so that I can heal the person? Because oftentimes, underneath of an addiction, underneath of the skin of the addiction, is a piece of insecurity, is is an event of failure. Is that sense of humanity that says, I'm no good to anybody. I don't want to feel anything anymore. And so I'm going to turn to a bottle, or I'm going to turn to a pill, or I'm going to turn to an image. This is the ministry of Jesus and everybody stands amazed that Jesus would ever begin to touch the untouchable. You see, before He heals him, before He says, I am willing, be clean, Jesus touches him. Who is it that Jesus... Who is it that Jesus is asking you to touch? Who is the untouchable in your life that He is is beckoning you to say, I want you to open up and I want you to look beyond what's on the surface and I want you to seek to touch someone. And perhaps as God works through you, God's ministry through you to heal someone else, maybe they begin to change their chorus And instead, that person begins to say, instead of saying, can't touch this, maybe that person begins to say, in the old Gaither hymnal, He touched me. Oh, He touched me. How is it that you can do this? How is it that you can touch the untouchable church? Yesterday, in fact, as I was wrestling over, how could I encourage you in a time of social isolation, how could I encourage you to touch the untouchable? I came across on my Facebook feed, there was a 92-year-old grandmother And she wanted to reach out and touch people. She didn't know how to do that. She knew that she had to stay home. And so all she knew how to do was push record on her phone. So she was pushing record on her phone and she was singing her favorite songs and sending it out to all the people she knew. Maybe all you need to do is begin to sing some songs and send them out. Maybe the untouchable in your life is a, is a family member and, and there's such discord in that family relationship that what you need to do is send a text. You need to send a phone call. You need to write a card. You need to drive by their home and you need to pray. But even in this time where everybody is untouchable, everyone longs for a touch. Church, church, If we want the world to be amazed at Jesus, 
we must be willing to touch the untouchable. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we love you. And Lord, we are so thankful this morning for your touch. Thank you for caring for us enough to touch us. And Lord, if we need it today, I pray that wherever we are, we're willing to come to you and ask for your healing hand. I pray, Father, that if we're desperate today, if we're covered in sin, that we are willing to come to you and ask for healing. Lord God, today, I pray that if that's our situation, that we would long to come to You and be touched. And Lord, if we know You, if we identify with You, if we call ourselves by the name of Christian, I pray that this morning, Lord, that, that we would be encouraged, that we would be challenged to step into the ministry that You have given to us and in our communities and with our people, and with our neighbors, and with our church. Lord, that you would, you would stick a barb in our heart to touch the untouchables. And Lord, we would reach out to those friends, and we would reach out to those neighbors, and we would reach out to those family members and those children, and we would reach out to all the untouchables, all the other untouchables in the world. And Lord, I pray that the result of all of that is that the world stands amazed at Your church. Set in our hearts and in our minds to use Your amazing touch in our world. We love You, Lord. In Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. Amen.